You are tuned into the Fox Motorsport Supercars podcast. But just before kickoff, I'd love to alert you all about a brand new product on the Fox Sports Podcast Network, The Splash. Hosted by myself, Phil Pryor, it's a short, sharp, Monday to Friday production looking at the Fox Sports website's major headlines, stories and part of the process too. Please search and subscribe. That's The Splash on iTunes and also Spotify now. Thanks for your attention. Now time for the show. This is the Fox Motorsports Supercars Podcast with your host, the Pit Lane Rogue. Welcome for another instalment of the Fox Motorsport Supercars podcast. It's going to be a massive week debriefing all the incidents from the Gold Coast 600 weekend. Uh, with us this week, we've got the, the awesome foursome, Will Dale from foxsports.com.au. Hello, hello. Lewis Isaacs, the freelance motoring journalist. G'day, everyone. And the king of Erebus, and hopefully the king of his little neighbourhood, David Reynolds. Hey, boys. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Welcome along, boys. Um, so, boys, I just thought I'd go through and let's uh, kind of pick out our weekend highlights. Will, what do you got? Uh, i got to say, to be honest, Gary Jacobson's drive on the Saturday, I thought he was quite, it sort of was quite impressive, sort of adding to how well he went at Bathurst as a co-driver and really put himself forward as a legitimate contender for a main game seat. Lewis, what about you? What, you? what was your moment of the weekend? Yeah, mine was similar to Will's. I thought um, Andre Heimgarten did a great job, particularly on the Saturday. You know, BJR were very lucky that he was waiting in the wings there for them because he did a great job at Bathurst, given you know, the lack of seat time and he was even better at the Gold Coast. So that was my highlight, I think. And Davey, what about you? Oh, yeah, well, you know, if I look at if I take my own hat off, I suppose. <laughs> Not that I was any stand-up performer or anything. But, uh, yeah, like, Andre did an awesome job. I thought, like, he put 20 seconds on the field, which is pretty, you know, it's very, very impressive. And uh, McLaughlin's drive from 13th to win the race is, you know, that team's done an unbelievable job. Yeah, well, that was unbelievable. what... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, after their shocking Saturday, to have... Alex, Alex Premer drive literally through the field on a track that's not knowing for, known for a lot of passing opportunities from 13th to 4th, I thought was an awesome drive. Mate, it was really good. Um, but they, they, I spoke to Scott on, I think it was Sunday morning, and they said they, you know, they went for a big swing because they were so, they were, you know, most people were pretty far off Shane's time on Friday. Mm. Uh, they went for a big swing at their setup, and obviously it didn't pay off because they were pretty wasteful on um, in qualifying. So then they obviously reverted back to what they know, and it was a jet again. Yeah, well, he said in the Sunday press conference that they went uh, that they went back to their Friday pace, which was a somewhat of a rocket to you know to to work on that from the Sunday, and it was an absolute rocket. I oh, know. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And a rocket whilst being good on fuel. Yeah, well, that's the other. That's the other thing. I mean, the the, the commentators were were going on about how much you know they were going to run out of fuel and you know they were pushing it, but the team didn't seem seem concerned. And everything after that, they were like, "No, we had it. it was fine. We knew how much numbers we had to do, and you know we knew we didn't weren't going to run out until we did a burnout." But that's it. When was the last time you saw a car run out of a supercar run out of fuel after doing a burnout after the race? Right. That, that's how I want to finish every race. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, but at, at like we only had to do forty two laps at the end there, which is actually not too much. Like I mm. think we could we could achieve those numbers quite easily. Um, it was just the triple eight guys, as I said in the past, they they're thirsty. Their engines are thirsty. Well, and that was the thing. I mean, it was quite a, a, a spectacle watching McLaughlin push the car down pit lane. Everyone came out there, you know, clap and, you know, give their thoughts. Help him. Yeah. yeah Lewis, what did you think about that? It was a, a throwback, you know, really. And, um, you know, poor Scott driving around in the Gold Coast heat like that and then having to push the car to a bit of a rough thing. But they're the kind of incidents that people remember. Um, and it kind of humanises the sport again because, you know, particularly in supercars, you don't see the drivers there inside the cabin and then they've got the driving lights and everything else. So actually see the man, you know, without the helmet on pushing the car, it's kind of nice. Yeah, it was, it's good to see a, a driver doing some work for one. <laughs> exactly. Instead of playing paperclip games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well well, well played there, Lewis. Um, look, I, was it a masterstroke by, by Ludo to pull a rabbit out of the hat on, on Sunday? Well, it won them the race, that, so... <laughs> well, yeah, it was a big, big call, and it paid off, but, you know, I think they... They had the pace, they had the fuel, they done it pretty easy. They smashed everyone in pit lane by six seconds. So I just want to know if they actually short-filled it and then what was their uh, relative numbers, you know, fuel numbers after that. Because, uh, yeah, apparently he passed, the, well, he passed everyone in pit lane, basically. Mm. But the only, the only cars he had to pass were the Triple Eight cars, I think, because he came out four after his first pit stop. Um, and, yeah, the next three cars were Triple Eight cars, which are... Thirsty on fuel. So I'm not sure if it was if that's just the way it was, or they actually did short field to try and jump them. Yeah, no, I, I can't remember. Yeah, the questions of the DJR people. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a. I mean, whatever they did, it worked an absolute peach for them. Um, you know, and good because they had a complete shocker on Saturday. Like their they, their race was done. Mm. You know, yep. and that's and that's unusual for them. Unusual for them this year. Yeah, yeah. You know, just see them. Well, at Bathurst, they weren't extremely fast in the wet, mm. and same at the Gold Coast, which is you know, if it rains at the next race we go to, which is probably likely because of New Zealand, you know, you might see a different result. I don't know. Maybe. You, well, like us, we were terrible on Saturday. We were so bad. <laughs> I think I qualified. 23rd or something in race yeah. we're like 17th which sucks but I think we know what to do to be better prepared next time you know mm-hmm. we Dale had good strength in his car and I had good strength in my car and we, if we combine the two we could have a reasonably fast car but you know I think we're still a little bit away from the, the pro drive cars they are unbelievable in the wet they are fast So all, all four cars are super fast every time it's rained they've been at the top so, what was the difference for you guys between Gold Coast and Bathurst in the wet? Because you guys, the car nine in particular, looked quite strong in all throughout the wet conditions at Bathurst. Well, yeah, I think like when you look at Bathurst, I think it was when it really teamed down. It was super, super wet. We weren't as confident in our car, but when it was sort of semi drying and not not heaps of standing water, we were not too bad. And for most of the race, it wasn't teaming, teaming down. Um, it was only very like short parts of the race that were really pissing down, but the rest were kind of, you know, it was damp but not not super wet. And our car was was pretty good. And same at same at Gold Coast when it was pissing down rain, we were hopeless. And then as it dried out, we weren't too bad, but we lost so much lead, or we lost so much time to 
to the other people around mm. us, but we couldn't make it up. So, yeah, I think there's definitely we can stuff. There's definitely stuff we can do for sure. But it wasn't just your race pace that was lacking on the weekend. I mean, Paul Lukey Yildon has gone from the highs of winning a winning a Bathurst as you know the Gold Coast has, has kind of got another scalp as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. He was just, he was pushing on, and he's you know he's a well credentialed driver, and he just made a little mistake and yeah. slapped the fence. No big deal. Like I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> But do you have to get out through the window every time too? Two days in a row for the poor bloke. Yeah, I know that sucked for him. Um, yeah, that was kind of weird on Saturday because uh, yeah, our door was punched in and we didn't really think about if it was going to open or shut. We just thought it would be fine. So when it comes to the pits, you know, it's all happening and they couldn't get the door open. So then they ripped the window out and big Luke, you know, the big guy got out out of the window and I sort of fell into the window. But it's like it looked kind of. It looked kind of a mess at the start, but once they got the window out and he started, Luke started getting out of the car, it actually was, it wasn't a bad stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really flexible and I sort of folded myself in there and got my belt on. And Like, if, if, if you take all that into account, from when he started getting out to when I got in and was ready, it was only like a 22-second stop, which is, considering we should, there was no door, was, or the door couldn't open, it was not a bad stop. NASCAR style too, it's good. Man's cast guy. Oh, yeah, well, it looked good on TV. I'm all about the show. That's what I'm about. <laughs> well, Jukes of Hazard style. Yeah, no, it was mad. So there was a, a couple of other, you know, incidents throughout the, the races across the weekend, and one of them was um, Dumbrell and, and Owen, who had a coming together through the chicanes at, at quite a high speed, um, which, you know, Dumbrell was penalised for. Quite an interesting move. What was your What was your take on it, boys? Uh you know, it just seemed pretty amateur at the time, I guess, given, you know, Dumbrell's racing in Super 2 and has been around that place that many times. It was, um, you know, kind of unnecessary. And you know, those two were, I guess, battling with Andre at the time. It was much faster anyway. But, you know, luckily for Chad, he was able to recover from that. But that was a, a real blight because for me, this enduro season, I think um, the gap between the co-drivers and the, the rest in the main direct drivers has kind of narrowed a bit. You know, yeah. a lot of the co-drivers did a really good job this year. You know, you'd stand away, Jacobson, um, Yulden and whatnot. So to see something like that was disappointing, um, especially from two guys that are so well regarded. But yeah, as I said, they recovered, so it didn't seem to matter too much in the end. It's just to someone like Jamie to see that happen, you know, that's a, you know, a bit of a kick in terms of the championship. Well, I see it when it's such a close margin, like, Sure, Jamie took the championship lead at the end of the weekend, but it's only—it's still only seventeen points. Like that was—that was something that did cost them track position mm. ultimately. When and you look at what they did at Bathurst to get the car back out to secure points. So you know that was a, a mm. real net loss in that sense. Mm. Well, then, then you had that, and then Percat and Coulthard coming together, which kind of got a little bit heated towards the end because Coulthard went to apologise to him after the you know, you know after the race before the podium and. Perkat kind of brushed him off because um, he yeah. wanted to go and celebrate with the BGR guys who'd had a re- relatively terrible couple of races. But what did you think of that? What did it, you think of that? It depends. It, like you know, it, when, when you when you go and turn someone around accidentally or you've had a crash with someone, some people like to walk up to them straight away and go, "Hey, sorry, I f-ed up. I'll, you know, I'll take full responsibility," or they want to talk about it and get it out of the way quickly. Or some people, probably Nick's like this, that, you know, he wants to go chill out for a bit, calm down, yeah. um, you know, sort of rethink about 
what happened and you know what was going on and stuff and then talk about it so so it depends on what type of personality you're going up against so so what do you do dave are you, are you do you let it sit like simmer calm down for a while or do you charge straight down there and oh I, oh it depends depends how i feel at the time but most of the time i get out and say oh man i'm sorry or you know what was that all about but yeah, most of, most of the races are pretty long that you've got enough time in the car to calm down after yeah. the incident happened. Like it, it happened quite early on. If you can't get over it in a in a in a lap, you you know, or a lap or two, <laughs> you, know, you you got some emotional dramas going on. <laughs> uh, are you saying are you saying Percat's got some emotional dramas? No, 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 not at all. No, okay, I'm just, I'm just I'm just saying that you know some people deal with things other you know yeah a lot better than other people. Just human nature. Everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses. We're all different behind the eyes. Yes, exactly. So were they were they fair penalties that they they got? Are we? I mean, are we happy with the? I don't know what was Coulthard's penalty. He got a drive through. Yeah, he got a drive through. Yeah, well, it sort of looked like I had I had a little look at it. it looked like Nick sort of ran around the outside of it um, and sort of cut back onto the racing line, and and Coulthard was sort of accelerating out of the corner and it could have you know my understanding was it just it was half of just a race incident mm. yeah it obviously it takes someone to turn you around but there's got to be a reason and a cause of why they've turned him around yeah and it's because of you know if Nick if Nick didn't run a bit wide um and, and cut back on the track he probably wouldn't have got to turn around but also you know the half the onus is on um Fabian as well so you know if he sees Nick's stuff up try and you know, pass him without drilling him. And then someone, like, I think Rick actually finished him off, but I think he was far gone before then. Yeah. Mm. No, I think I think that's yeah. one of the things that Fabs had, had, was, had said in his chat after the race, that, you know, Nick had gone wide and he kind of went to make the move and Nick had moved back and, you know, it kind of went on from there, so... Yeah. And you're always going to get those kind of incidents on the on the Gold Coast street track. I mean, it was kind of... Always. Yeah. Especially when it's wet like it was on the Saturday. Yeah. And yeah. that turn eleven was just diabolically slippery the whole time. Like it was just yeah, treacherous, horrible conditions for me for some reason. So it was probably the same for everyone else. So it was really margin on stuffing up and making mistakes. And yeah, and yeah, it's. I think it, from my it just should have been a racing incident, but it doesn't. You know, in my opinion, doesn't matter. So uh, I mean, how was the track for you in that? I mean, you say it was you know diabolical conditions, but I mean there hasn't been a lot of wet races. On the Gold Coast circuit, no. So I mean, how I was the last time they, they had one was two thousand five, I think. Yeah, by memory. Uh, yeah, mate, it was. It actually wasn't that bad. It's just my car was a bit of a dog, so it just yeah, I just struggled the whole time. <laughs> it was just a long day. So was that was that set up? But it wasn't that bad. Like it was just there was you know all the white lines and all the curves and that side. You know there was cars going fast, cars going slow, and it actually wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be. You know, obviously, if they're standing water down the straight and you're having massive moments going down the straight, you know, they probably should safety car it until, you know, some of the water cleans up. But it wasn't torrential, torrential rain for any of it, I don't think. Mm. Well, it seemed like Prema was also struggling in those early conditions as well from from what was said on the day. He really wasn't too happy about the amount of available grip and suggested that it was a bit dangerous and perhaps a safety car should have been thrown in those early laps. 
Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't out there. Yeah. But, <laughs> like the poor, the poor, the poor co-drivers. They they went from a half hour session, one half hour session in the dry, to standing start racing in the wet on the sad day. That's like, a, that's I feel a bit kind rough. of sorry for them in a way. Yeah, it's really rough, especially when they're you know it's not their car. They're trying to look after it. You know, you, you saw the first couple of laps. Everyone was real tentative and just feeling themselves out. And yeah, kind of. Yeah, I felt sorry for them. Well, does they that have to be that's up to the team to be there, though, to prepare them. That's why you have the code other session throughout the year. And I guess the other thing is they're doing it on the back of two other endurance races there. So it might yeah. only be a 30 minute session, but they should be reasonably match fit by that stage. And, and most they of the are. time, like, they, they start at Sandown, they often start at Bathurst, too. So they've had a few yeah. practice runs by now. But not flat out in the wet at that track, which is it's hard in the dry to do a good lap yeah. and it's even harder in the wet to do a good lap because the curves, the bumps, the walls, um, it's, it's, it's hard work. So, but it, yeah, like the it, it could rain at the start of Sandown. That's just, that's just part of it. Yeah, it is part of it, I suppose. How many laps what did... What am I complaining about? What <laughs> <laughs> your problem ultimately, is it? Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to look up yeah. and do the best job and look after my co-driver as best I can, give him the most confidence I could possibly be. Back, see, a few years ago, or even last year, I think they had uh, like two sessions each on Friday. There were two all-driver all in and two co-driver sessions on Friday instead of just the one half hour like it was this year, which is kind of a bit silly. I understand what they're trying to do, trying to keep miles down off all the cars and that saves money, inverted commas, at the end of the day. Um, yeah, but ultimately, at least like, we're avoiding the debacle from a couple of years ago with the uh, international drivers and the fact that they were getting minimal practice and then bidding the cars off the start. Mm. I know it was exciting, though. Yeah, well. <laughs> it was a race of survival, wasn't it? You know, the first one to actually get to the line, you know, and actually get there I was going to win the race, basically. Yeah, I, I did. I did want to bring up something. Did you see the top ten shootout? I didn't. I did see. Did you see, like, okay, like, top 10 shootout, you get one lap, cool, yep. everyone knows that. Mate, the amount of, like, debris and mirrors and shit spread across the track after when I got out, because I was the second last person to go, it was ridiculous. I reckon they should, I'm actually thinking logically here, they should actually try and, for street tracks and whatnot, for top 10 shootout, you should remove all your mirrors, because you Ooh. don't need them. That's no, it's yeah, Rusty lost one, I think, before yeah. you. Yeah, right, I think Waters, um, there was a bunch of them, I... Mate, it was like a bloody junkyard when I went out there. <laughs> I did see a photo on social. Someone had taken a, a, a shot of all the junk at uh, at the first corner, of all the, the mirrors yeah. and everything that had been like left as they went past. So yeah, mate, that's a great idea. Take off, take the mirrors yeah, off. Yeah. Call safety cars for that during the race. Yeah, I yeah, they you know, they used to be, uh, just call a random safety car for a, a straight mirror, whereas now it's just whatever. They don't even wait for the flags anymore. The Gold Coast. Nah. Well, but back like a few years ago, um, they used to try and find out whose mirror it was, and you get a penalty for it. <laughs> <laughs> that was just silly. Yeah. That is way silly. You are going to fall out the plain ones, don't you? You just go for plain black. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No sponsor on it whatsoever. <laughs> what, 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 what do you think of all the chicane cutting? Because like most of the top sort of four guys three guys that were on the podium got bad sportsmanship flag, which is, you know, for, for us, we don't, as a team, you actually don't, like during practice, you can see how many shortcuts you had and curb hops and whatnot, but in the race, they kind of take that away from you and it's left upstairs. Right. Left to the powers upstairs, so 
Oh, really? Uh, I didn't realise you guys weren't aware. Okay. No, no, in practice we are. Yeah, in yeah. qualifying, yes, I think. But in the race, it's, they wipe that screen from us. So they can... It's up to the powers to be upstairs. To, 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 to Obviously, to see two um, shootout laps go immediately because of it. Mm. Yeah, it's such a, a, a minor indiscretion, really. And during the race, it, it can make people pretty vulnerable, I guess. But if you're, if you're taking the mickey all race long, then they've got to do something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the three people had bad sportsmanship flags, so they were pushing the limits and shortcutting the curves. But no one really knows how much they were shortcutting or how many hops they had or whatnot. It's just... Well, I was going to say, they've never really come up with a good design, uh, you know, a good chicane-cutting problem. They've come the up with cut. a few bad ones. Yeah, like turning it off a couple <laughs> of years ago. <laughs> like, when they turned it off in 2011, I think Yeah, was, 2011, that yeah. That was the most fun I've ever had in my life. <laughs> the most fun I've ever had in my life. It was <laughs> awesome. Like, muck update school. Yeah. Chicane? Nah, I don't think so. Straight through? Yeah. yeah. I think all you had to do was just give them, like, a... A um, obligatory break just to make to think that you've made the corner, but you just straight line it anyway. <laughs> Mate, we were going fifth gear through the back chicane. It was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. No wonder the lap I record's thought... never been cha- never changed since back then. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? A ten zero? I think Will did it. Yeah, something like that. But I, I right. did a ten zero in qualifying um, two thousand thirteen, and that was the lap record. Which I I don't know. I'm thinking, how do I do that? <laughs> when I used to, when I actually made the chicane. Well, the the practice record there is one oh nine nine set by Wing Cup on Friday. That, yeah. that was yeah Friday, but before yeah. that, I think it was me who had it at the tenth zero. There you go. You have you'll have to go back out next year and try and beat it again. No, no, nine nine's pretty quick though. It's very very sharp. It was very very sharp. Yeah, it, it, that that car was well hooked up on the weekend. It was very. But on the in qualifying on Sunday, what, I think he ended up. I think he was the. Fourth or fifth, I think. Mm. Or even sixth. It wasn't like a blistering, blistering lap. So he was sixth. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe they detuned it a bit accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> they still I, ended I, up second in the shootout, so it couldn't have been too bad. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but like the shootout was a bit of a farce because you know most people just sprayed their laps. They did a hundred and five percent lap when probably the triple eight dudes, you know, probably had a conversation about it and said, you know, just make sure you do your lap and do it smooth. And they did a 95% lap and they were 1, 2, 3. Well, speaking about the... Me, on the other hand, retarded Reynolds, had a big, big dig. <laughs> made turn one, made turn one, two better than I ever had all week. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a great lap. <laughs> and it all went south at turn four. <laughs> and it was just horrible after that because I'm like, oh, I'll make it back. Yeah, no, it's impossible. <laughs> well, at least you put on a show. Yeah. You had yeah. a job. It's all about the show. It's all about the show, man. It's entertainment, exactly. Exactly. You know, that's why people pay the... That's why, you know, we all pay our money to watch it. It's all about the show. Um, I'd like to I'd like to highlight Lowndes' form rebound because he has had a shocking couple of... You know, had a shocking Bathurst at Sandown wasn't so great, but coming back to a good result on the weekend, you know, the fourth on, on Sunday is a really good rebound for them. Well, he's back. Very good result. For sure. He always goes good there. He always races really well, but he qualified good for one. Which mm. is, yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of, if you're looking at the results he's had, it's kind of extremely unusual. But I, I did speak to someone in the team and they said during practice they just focus, folk, purely focus on qualifying one lap runs instead of longer runs. So, you know, obviously that voted well for him. Mm. 
That's interesting because that has, as we've touched on, that's been his main weakness this year. Um, his Bathurst was also pretty badly compromised by that brake specification change and the pad change. Like, certainly in yeah, the, the, the yeah. PFC musing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, from what I understand, with Lounsey's braking style, it it just it didn't work with those. With, it doesn't work well with those pads in that he go. I think the way I had it explained to me is he goes hard at the brakes initially, and if you do that, it causes them to grab pretty pretty hard and triggers yeah, a heap of lockups. The, pro, the project moves of quite a bitey pad, mm-hmm. and the the, uh, the PSCs are a little bit more dull initially. So yeah, I can understand that. So are you saying that switching back to the older pads has therefore netted this good result? It must have helped. Sure. Like well, it's, it's, all, it's all part of it, you know. Definitely all part of it, but well, if it you... just probably felt natural to him and they just focused more on qualifying and trying to get a good one-lap car out of it. And then they obviously do what they do for the race, which mm. got a good result. And I'm at, I'm at... Craig's season this year is actually pretty fascinating because he's sitting six in the points right now, I think, and he hasn't actually had a podium all year. Yeah. Mm. Really. Yeah, he's not really had this massive amount of pace, but he's just, he's finished every race fair or thereabouts, and that's... Um, he's a good racer, yeah. man. He's a very good racer. Mm. Yeah, he's made up for the qualifying problems to a degree, but, yeah, it's interesting you guys talk about a form bounce back finishing fourth, but I think his last podium was Eastern Creek last year. So it's, it's well over 12 months, and, and since Ludo left, he's not really been anywhere near that. It's true, yeah. Or Make of that what you will. Well, I was going to say, are we attributing it to the new brakes this year, or are we attributing it to? It just the... hasn't been qualifying. That's yeah. that's the unfortunate truth. Like it's hard, it's hard yeah, to but finish it, but on. It goes the... back a long time. Mm. True. Well, I guess if you take QR away, when was the last time Lancey was on the front row? I don't think. I think we. I ran the stats earlier this year that he hadn't been on, like until QR, with the exception of QR, he hadn't out He was hadn't been the fastest triple eight car in qualifying. Certainly not this year, and I can't remember the last time that had happened. Possibly sometime in 2016, maybe even earlier. Well, that man, aren't we? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knows everything, that bloke. He really does. Old V8 Sleuth. Hello yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> um, well, the, the interesting bit of news before Gold Coast is the, you know, that Team Vortex team is being rebranded as... Uh, La- uh, Autobahn, Autobahn Lounge racing, racing next year. So that, that's an interesting side note that the Caltechs have uh, stepping down their sponsorship of that team, which it goes back 12 years, if I remember rightly. Caltechs' sponsorship of Triple Eight. Something like that. Yeah. They've, been, they've been on the cars certainly since Lounge. He's been at Triple Eight. So I remember them on the headlights. Yeah, it's 12, it's 12 years. So be interesting next year. And I, I think my mind immediately sprang to him once I heard that is, oh, is he getting into. Uh, you know, some sort of team ownership thing, but apparently it's not the case. It's just a His name's branding exercise. So, branding exercise, yeah. marketing. Yeah. 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 Which is good. I mean, maybe we'll see, you know, Penrite Reynolds racing next year. About <laughs> 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 it. <laughs> um, BJR can't really take a trick at the moment. Uh, you know, and they had that problem on Saturday with the air jack, which was a little bit of a... Debacle. Sheer bad luck, I think. Yeah. And then the engine let go, car's full of smoke, race done. 
No, I mean, was it, no, it was the past pa- steering pump, wasn't it? Was it the past steering pump, was it? I think so. It was past steering related. They've had some shocking luck across the last few it races. It has. I mean, what, how do you... It, it, it Does it come down to luck, or is it something... You, know, you mean, make your own. You make your own luck. It's all yeah. about preparation. You okay. Know, this year they've been three three cars, maybe maybe more, and they're too busy repairing cars and trying to upspec their inventory. And I think it's just a knock on and a blow effect from that. Could be. I might be in that team, so I can't comment. <laughs> I'm saying if it was our team and we were fixing cars the whole time, we we got no no chance to upskill ourselves or upspec mm. anything. And you run out of spare parts, and it does suck. Yeah, well, I think you look at um, how Nick and, and Tim are in the championship, and I think Jamie's actually scored more points than, than both those cars combined this year as well, oh, which is a, um, a, a pretty crazy stat and kind of telling of, of where they are in terms of misfortune because Tim nabbed the podium, and, you know, he's quick, and, and we all know that Nick's quick as well. He, he managed to score one as well. So, yeah, that just to me, that really underscores how unfortunate the year's been because there's pace in that car but there's no chance for them to actually like grab any meaningful points. Mm. Well, speaking of, of pace, Lewis, I mean, I was buoyed by Mostert's pace in Sandown. I mean, they brought they brought some engine upgrades through Sandown and they, they won Sandown. They, Bathurst result, well, you know, wasn't that great but they they looked really quick on on Saturday through the the wet and everything else. Yeah, well, I think as Dave said too, like all four cars as well mm. were quite quick in the wet. So um, clearly that engine upgrades done, you know, a world of wonder for them because we were talking about it at the start of the year and you know this is a team that won the championship in 2015 with the FGX. So there's there's no chance that they've actually forgotten what to do. It's just you know seemingly a, a poor run of maybe the old engine and you know adjusting to the new tires, but. Yeah, Chaz's you know late season turnaround's been great. It's great for the championship because he really isn't that far off at the moment. What is it? You know, about a hundred and something points. One hundred and twenty-six behind Mostert. Yeah, so there's there's every chance that he could be there. You know, a bit of rain as we've seen the last few races. He's outstanding in the wet. Mm. So, um, you know, at the start of the year or early on, it would have seemed kind of um, irresponsible to kind of predict the Pro Drive Championship. But there's you know as much chance for them as anyone else at the moment. Sure. Well, Hidden Valley, they just looked lost. They looked completely mm. lost. Like, they were they were just nowhere across the course of that weekend. Well, and I think, you know, someone like Brighty, who's, um, you know, been there, done that, and whatever else, you look at his season and how that's really picked up in the second half of the year as well, because he was pretty much nowhere. But, you know, since, um, you know, Sydney Motorsport Park, he's managed to grab a couple of top tens, which is, you know, meaningful improvement. In the context of his championship, that's a much better result than what he was getting. So clearly, it's an across-the-board change, and that's um, that's really good for them. Well, I think they needed to do something because you know, as as Will was saying, you know, it, it, from you know before Hidden Valley, they just they were off in the wilderness, and they kind of had to pull their season together and bring few a few things and try a few new things to try and get some unlock some more speed out of that out of that car. But we are still waiting for Frosty's first win of the year. Well. It's, that, hasn't that gone under the radar? Mm. I mean, that's it's, it's astounding. Yeah. Um, I would have thought I would have thought that he would have bounced back at some point this year, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's again, 
seventh in the championship without a without a race win, you know, it's it's kind of there or thereabouts. And actually, Waters is in there as well. So you got three of the the pro drive cars in the top ten, which is not a bad result so far in the in the in the drivers championship. So hypothetically, guys, we look towards next year. What do you think Pro Drive should do with that fourth car if they can, um, you know, do some wreck moving around? They've got Gary Jacobson in wings. They've got Richie. Yeah. They've got the option to continue with Bryce. What's everyone's verdict? Well, this is going to be my next question. Is uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, Stanaway was in the press conference saying he'll know within the next couple of weeks what he's going to do next year. And there's a lot of I mean, can you still only have four wrecks? Is that still... You can the, only control four. can only control four. Yep. So, you know, there's talk that, <laughs> talk that Bright may move to, you know... LDM. LDM spot. And then, you know, all run pro-drive cars. So there's... Yep. Like, and Gary, Gary will go there. And they'll well, run away in their fourth car. Yeah. Oh, well, that seems logical, doesn't it? Well... No, I agree. Like, if, if you... If you're looking at it purely from a future standpoint in terms of who is the guy that you want to be able to... Well, look at this. ProDrive want Stanaway in a car. They know that he is probably going to be their guy, one of their main guys over the next five years. He'll, If he, he wants to be in a supercar, he will be on the radar of other teams. So if they can't secure him, someone else will grab him. Where would you put him, though? Well, that's it. You you would have to put him in that fourth car or fi- and find a way to make that happen. No, well, you, like you say, like, other teams may look at him. Where else would he go? Well, there's probably going to be a vacancy at Triple Eight in the next couple of years. That's true, but it's at least two years away. Mm. So, you know, if you can't... You, I don't know if any other team would pick him up for next year. I could be wrong. It's happened once or twice before. Um, but, yeah... I mean, he's he's a well credentialed, and he did a sterling job on Saturday mm. in that in that uh, in once the monster again. Ford. Once absolutely, once again, any team would be mad not to take him. But I'm just not sure with all the musical chairs if he doesn't if ProDrive can't put him somewhere that another team have the place to pick him up. But what about Erebus, Dave? There's talk there could be a spare seat there. Oh, yeah, I don't know what's going on, to be fair. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I can't talk about it. <laughs> the, the... I'm not going to, I'm not going there. <laughs> nah, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> so you're giving us the first no comment, is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> My comment is, I don't have one. <laughs> Potentially techno, or there's, an, there's there could be a seat there. Would require money. Possibly. Potentially Erebus. Potentially. <laughs> GRM, is there one? Uh, no, they've already got more drivers than they need. Yeah, there's three and two there. I'm sure one of them's going to miss out. Yeah. Um, Nissan? What, who are you retiring from Nissan? Well, that's that's the point. Lestro would... and Caruso are solid there. Rick could... Yep. Is still doing good, and Todd looks like he's going to stay for another year. Well, that answers that then, I guess. Yeah. So. And uh, Brad Jones has said in the press that all, he expects all three of his drivers to still be racing 
next within the next year. So yeah. Um, Even Blanchard, I thought there was talk of Blanchard not going to, or he was going to take his license and do something else. Yeah, I'd seen that as well, but yeah, apparently, apparently Tim's going going around again. Oh, good, good on him. So, LDM potentially down to one wreck. Let's put move Bright into the that second spot. So LDM two cars with a pro drive, two pro drive cars, and then Stanaway. Waters, Mostert, Winterbottom. That's a fairly formidable team in that four-car team. That'll, yeah, that would be a very good team. Very, very good. Only, only one guy can win. That's true. That's the catch, isn't it? Yeah. The, yeah, it's true. But you're giving yourself more opportunity to win races and take points off other teams as well, which makes yours look a lot stronger. Mm. In a funny way, though, it kind of weakens their... Sorry, go ahead. It kind of weakens them. No, I'm just saying all the cars are obviously very good. Mm. They're very fast, awesome in the wet. Yeah, what were you going to say? What's the downside? Well, in a, in a weird way, it kind of weakens their Enduro Cup squad because you've now split Waters and Stanaway. And, well, who would you get to replace Stanaway in that number six car? And then you also have Stanaway in his own car, which is a genuine, which in theory is a genuine race winning contender. Those are probably going to be two. Yeah, I suppose that's a good, good point. Never thought of it. <laughs> Admittedly, that's, that is the problem you would want to have, admittedly. Mm. Yeah, it's nice to have that problem of, oh, who else do we need to get? Because Stanaway's no mug, and he's proven that he's quick. Mm. And he's done a ton of racing. It's Brave, calm, confident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Scott, speaking about all that sort of stuff, Scotty Mack came out and said the lapped cars on... Sunday when he was he was going around weren't getting out of the road because there was no blue flags. David, did you have any problem with lapped traffic on the weekend? Not on Sunday. Not well on Sunday. I was one of the lapped cars, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, you're not good for your ego or you. you know. But doesn't they? Yeah, well, it's, it's I don't even. Uh, it's it, when you see the blue flags get out of the way, but before then, when you're about to be lapped, you're trying to hold out as long as you can. Yeah. And stay in front of the pack. So in case there's a safety car, it's not a you, you kind of become an you know you're not going to get lapped anymore. You join the back of the queue and you're racing again. So you know my team always has always told me don't you know don't ever yield to a leader car unless you have to. And so 100 percent management says so. Um, yeah, so it's up to the guys upstairs to say blue flag, present car, whatever. Was there any Get blue the flag? Way. Were there any blue flags waved for you when you when your cars trying to pass you? Uh, not initially. I think I had Slade behind me for maybe two laps, and then they gave me the blue flag so I had to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I kind of felt bad for holding Slade up for two laps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you feel shit, but it's just a part of the game. I think. That's oh, it. They're the leader. They got pace. They should have a lunge, lunge at you and obviously if they have a lunge at you we're going to let them go because we're half not in the rain. Well, it's, I, I just thought it was an interesting point that whether, you know, and I'm not pointing the blame at the stewards or all the officials or anything but if they, it was interesting that we all know the rules but there was no, there might not be blue flags that were put out. Which well, I've noticed on the radio over the course of the year, like certainly listening to, to Jamie and to Scott, they're always quite proactive in in making sure the team knows that they're about to come up on a lapped car, a lapped and to, car. And to yeah, make sure. Okay. Do you do any of that, Dave? Or is that ever 
been much of is that something you consciously think about as a driver and like how far yeah 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 if there's a slower car up ahead you've got to half prepare them if you if you're thinking you know down the road a bit but mm. most of the time you're not really thinking about it <laughs> and it's it's, a, it's kind of a rare occasion and, until you come to the shorter tracks and the street tracks and stuff like a Bathurst, you never really you never get it or sand down there's a chance but it always it always seems to rear its head at you know the street tracks well we got to know the shorter ones yeah mm. that's um well I mean hopefully they can fix that because uh, you don't want to ruin someone's race but it goes both ways no. sure like as Dave as you said Dave like if you're if you have a genuinely fast car and you've been put back in the field for whatever reason like you kind of you do want as a fan you want to see that car still be on the lead lap still be within the race so sure. yeah yep. it's a tough thing it's yeah, a tough thing just play to the whistle yeah just do what's the lucky dog in NASCAR <laughs> you're yeah. down they just they let you go past the field and you get your lap back yeah well that, that's because they have a, mi- cool. a million yellows and everything else so kind of don't want to get to that part it's borders on farcical sometimes well that they brought that in because you used to be able to race the leaders back to the line under yellow, mm. and then they all of a sudden realised after a big near miss, that's oh, dangerous. wait, that's dangerous. <laughs> Super dangerous. Yeah. Um, forever improving and trying to better their rules and whatnot, understand them more. Yeah, well. well it's just a forever evolving thing. So we have two rounds to go, boys. We've got Pukekohe in New Zealand next weekend, and then Newcastle, which no one's been to. 27 points separate the top three. It's going to be All a cracking right. well, into the season. It's going, to be an, it's going to be an epic battle to the end. Epic battle. It's very, very close. I don't think, I can't remember it being this close in recent times and with such an unknown at, at the end of the year at Newcastle. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be so cool. It's going to be really good for the fans. Really good. Yep. Oh, for sure. Very, very good for the sport. And no What's bump. Your pick? Who's your pick? Who's your picks? Oh. oh. What's lost it? He's 100 and something. 126 off, off yeah. Yeah, 20, top 20. The top five. E- easily, you know, that diminishes if the three cars in front of him have a bad day or something yeah. in the championship. Yeah, even Shane's 189 off. Yep. Is he, yeah, okay. Wow. That's not much, especially when he's going to put a Kelly. Yes. Well, Mostert is also the only guy of those five remaining title contenders. He's the only, he's the only horse that ProDrive have in that. So yes. if... So, in theory, theory always sounds better than practice. Yeah, exactly. Which do- doesn't always work out in practice, but... All right. Crystal ball for me. Pukakoe. Three Kiwis in the top five. Who wins? Australia. Give up. <laughs> Gone. See you, boys. So, you, so, you, so, who, who, so does... Is Pukakoe taken out by Coulthard, McLaughlin... Or SVG, or is it someone else? Well, for me, for me it's McLaughlin. He mm-hmm. seems to yeah. rise to the occasion. You know, he's sort of Bathurst. Sorry, you go. I was going to say, he's sort of Bathurst, how he kind of, you know, he was, it's the biggest stage of the year. And, you know, even though you won it, Dave, you know, everyone talks about Scott's lap and all that other stuff as well as part of that. And, you know, in many ways, he was probably the fastest guy that weekend. And, He's got history at Pukekohe too. That first year he went there as a full-timer, he ended up winning a race. So mm. I think it's kind of, it, it's his to lose from, from there because he he seems to want it more than anyone. And he, and he does seem to like lift to that next level more than um, 
Fabian at least. And that team... The forwards are, the forwards are quite good in the last sector in turn one. Because of the, you know, the arrow's a bit better, so... You know, those, those howling are super, 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 super fast. We're back on the old hard tyre, 2016 mm. hard tyre, which last time Triple Eight were kind of struggling a little bit there on the, that, that set-up um, on the hard tyre. That's true. So it's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be a... And uh, no bump. No bump. Oh, there'll still be bumps. They've only put in a tiny patch, haven't they, of like 10 metres. Something like that. Yeah. But I think that covered the They've... entire turn, or they dug out the turn one bump. And it's now nice and smooth, yeah. And I think they might have done sucks. it around... Sorry? It sucks because that was half the character, the massive bumps you had to pay. Yeah. Mm. But um, they ha- I don't think they've, they haven't resurfaced the entire, but it's like a 10 metre or 15 metre patch, I think. Yeah, it's I'm right. not 100% sure, but... They've done, like, weird patches around the place where, you know, they... doesn't make sense. Typical New Zealand. I was going to say, you don't want to do the whole thing because, you know, it costs a lot of money. But you, well, you I just do did the whole, the whole thing. thing. Yeah. Just do the whole thing, like Winton. Do the whole thing. <laughs> um, now, the other bit of news before we go is the James Warburton, the CEO, stepping down and going to APN Outdoor. What do you think he'll be mostly remembered for? Oh, well, uh, before we get onto that topic, I'm actually sad because I thought he was a really good for the sport. He was a good, good speaker, good personality, mm. and I thought, I thought he did a brilliant job. Yeah, agreed. Totally agreed. So, yeah, you know, I thought James did a, did a really good job in mm. his time. I think, um, you know, when I was working at Auto Action, I always found him really approachable. Um, yeah, he's very he's really well. Mm. Yeah, like we had a few disagreements, and him, you know, we kind of. Pushed the button a few times. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you, let, you know when you did it. But he also, he moved on very quick and he was, you know, back to normal. And, and working yeah. at Supercars HQ for my short stint, seeing him um, operate there was interesting too because he is so energetic and enthusiastic about the sport. You know, it wasn't just a job for him where he was trying to sell something. He was you know, really, yeah, leader, yeah. really passionate about it. And he wasn't actually cared. Dirty. Yeah, he actually right. cared. Mm. It, it's, a, it's a real loss for the sport and um, if you look at what the supercars is it's essentially you know watching cars go around on TV so you're susceptible to changes in media and changes in manufacturing and you know there's been some pretty big ones in it, you know in Australia in the last 10 years but I think James's biggest legacy is probably the on track scene because you know a few years ago there were those parity issues and everything else and they seem to be resolved pretty well right now and and even though there is a changing world, what hasn't changed is the quality of the um, the sport itself. Like we just touched on how tight the championship is, mm. and there's a big unknown going to Newcastle, and and the product on track is as good, if not better, than it's ever been. And I think he doesn't probably get enough credit for that. You know, people talk about wanting to go to Asia and TV deals, but you know, when push comes to shove, it's the racing that kind of keeps the sport going. And under his watch, it's yeah. Made a major step forward, I think. Well, if he gets yeah. if he gets the night racing and SMP up, which will hopefully happen next year, and the Asian round, then I think that's kind of his legacy that it'll be rubber stamped. That people look back and go, well, "What did he do across the, his period?" Well, that these two standouts will be this and this. The key thing, though, is yeah. that that work needs to be carried on by whoever sure. comes in next. Yeah. Like 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 you said, Lewis, that passion and that. Like the story that he tells about heading to Bathurst as a five-year-old, it's a, and like driving up that morning with his family in the car. It's a story that like a lot of us have, and something that I don't think past CEOs 
have had and had that level of connection and feeling towards the sport. So, yeah, and there's, there's still some unfinished business there, I think, from him too, because as it stands, you know, Nissan's deal is up at the end of next year. Holden, you know, again, they're not committed in the long term for what's mm. not there. The Gen 2 thing hasn't really taken off. Like, let's be honest, the, the V6 isn't coming in for another year, and Gen 2 rules were opened up. I think they were, would have been eligible either last year or this year. There's been no take-up there. But mm. Again, they're the kind of things that are still in progress, really, which you what doesn't get to finish, and I think that's kind of a shame. And yeah. Again, guys, a lot of people in the sport want to go to Asia. A lot of the sponsors or team bosses, they see the appeal there because it's a new commercial market, it's a new challenge and everything else, and It'd be good to see him get it over the line, but it's also got to be the right place too. So yep. Let's see I what agree. happens in the next few weeks. Yeah. Cool. So. Sad to see him go. Yeah, no, it'll be a, it'll be a shame. He's he's always been great for us around the paddock. To always have a chat. Always, you know. Let me in the yeah. media bus one year. <laughs> Let me into the what? In the media bus, we we turned up at or I turned up at Sydney Motorsport Park at about seven thirty on. Saturday a couple of years ago and no one was around and I didn't have a I didn't have the thing the thing to get in and um, the oh, only yeah. other person around was, was was James and he let James. me in so yeah nice dude hey CEO man boss man let me in yeah, yeah. he could have let you up to the other side into his office to, for a beverage before you went in well he could have <laughs> he didn't <laughs> what he did was fine awesome all right well I think we've run out of time on this one we're about to be kicked out um thanks everyone for listening as we said we've got uh Pukekohe next weekend all practice and qualifying and races live on fox sports without any ad breaks before you go should we, like if people actually listening do they want to like give us questions or yes now this is something i was going to bring up before we we left maybe we'll start the hashtag ask dave no, not we'll... me not me <laughs> oh yeah well why not ask you just ask us okay <laughs> Well, just something. I don't know. But okay. Ask. Start something. Ask us. If you have a question that you would like to submit. Just, just tweet the Fox underscore Motorsport Twitter account. Yeah. We'll, we'll see it. Yeah. And this, this way we don't yeah, have to cool. think up of a different hashtag on the spot. Yeah, no, I'm probably Because <laughs> I might be overseas next time. I could be on holidays again. Well, I, <laughs> I was worried this, you were going to be in LA. Yeah, next time I think I'll have to go, yeah. <laughs> oh... Well, I hate having to go to LA. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll call you, we'll call you there. All right. Uh, yeah. So if you have any questions, feel free to submit to the hashtag Fox underscore Motorsport on Twitter or Facebook, and we'll find it and hopefully answer your questions. If not, we'll make something up, and hopefully it's plausible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that never happens. Yeah. We never do that. No, never. Um, Will, thanks for for being on this week. Anytime, Dave. Always good All to right, chat. Thank you. Lewis, always a pleasure. Yeah, cheers, boys. 27 points separate the top three. Let's see what happens after Pukekohe, and we will see you all in a week and a bit. Yeah.